last summer when I preached, I showed you guys this picture of my sister Leslie and her little boy Riley. And I was talking about God's mercy and how my sister had experienced his mercy in the midst of a reoccurrence of breast cancer in her bones and in her lungs. But there's so much more to my sister's story than this. And like so many of us, she has many moments that God has worked in her and through her, and even sometimes in spite of her, to do his extraordinary things. And our stories remind us that God uses people like my sister and like me and like you, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things. Things that reflect his love to the world. A lot of us have been reading a book called Love Does. And this book is a book of short stories that talk about God's love, what God's love does through regular people. And we get to be a part of that. About 20 years ago, my sister, a young, single girl, joined this church. And then she brought her fiancé, now her husband Troy, with her to this place. And Troy fell in love with God here. He also really liked Rich Fino a lot. (laughs) But he fell in love with God. And Rich married Leslie and Troy in my backyard, and then off to Boulder, Colorado, they moved. And God continued to do amazing things in these two ordinary people. And once in Boulder, they found a church community. And through the the love that they experienced here through all of you, they started a shelter for people in their church who didn't have a place to sleep at night. So for the last six years, any time it's below 20 degrees, my sister, her husband, and a group of friends, they set up cots in their church. And they invite people to come in and have a warm place to sleep. That's what God's love does. And then for years, they struggled with infertility and they decided to adopt. And they adopted a beautiful little boy, Riley, blonde hair, blue eyes, Scandinavian. But that little guy, his birth mom used meth her entire pregnancy. That's not what my sister and her husband signed up for. But God's love was doing other things. God's love was calling them two very ordinary people living ordinary lives to step out in faith. And when God called, they responded. And the gift of Riley, and through the gift of Riley, God has done things beyond anything that they could imagine. And it reminds me of Mary, the mother of Jesus, a 16-year-old Palestinian girl who God called to be the mother of our Messiah. It's week two of Advent. And last week, John kicked off the series, our Voices series, And he talked about the voice of Isaiah, an Old Testament prophet. And Isaiah, he prophesied about Jesus' coming 500 years before he came. And what John said is that Isaiah's voice was a voice of waiting. Waiting in hope. But today we're going to look in the book of Luke. And we're going to look at the voice of Mary. And Luke tells us that the angel Gabriel came to Mary with the news 
that she would bear the Son of God, the Christ child. That's quite an assignment. Can you imagine? God chose Mary, a young, poor female, a person that had characteristics that, in the people of those days, they would assume that she was unusable by God. Talk about doing the extraordinary through the ordinary. And Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So having already believed and having already said yes to be the bearer of the Son of God, Mary checks out the angel's story by going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is pregnant with John the Baptist. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, Luke tells us this, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who believed that what the Lord said will be accomplished. And in response to Elizabeth's words, in response to carrying the unborn Jesus, Mary speaks the words that have become known as the Magnificat, the Song of Mary. So today's text, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. If you'd like, you could read, read along in the Pew Bible. That's on page 1523. And here's Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And he's brought down rulers from their thrones. But he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things. But he's sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he had said to our fathers. Well, Mary's song of praise in these verses traditionally has been called the Magnificat. It's a title derived from the Latin translation of the opening word Magnificat, magnifies. But what I hear in Mary's song, what I hear in her voice is a voice of response. And in this text, I believe she responds three ways. She responds with joy, with faith, and with humility. Now, Mary's life, it's been turned upside down. The course of her life altered in ways that she couldn't yet imagine. And what does she do? She responds to God with this hymn. That's what God's love does. God call, love, God's love calls our hearts and souls to respond to him. And it says in verse 46 through 47, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my Savior. Mary's hymn is full of joy. Mary's entire being is caught up in praising God, and there's joy in her song. Joy that after 400 years, God's silence is broken. Joy that something truly wonderful is happening 
Joy that God not only cares for the humble, for the poor, for the oppressed, but that he actually uses them for his purposes, for his kingdom. Joy for the coming Savior and Redeemer. And then we hear her response of faith. Faith in a God who is mighty, a God who will right the injustices of the world. Faith in a God who is champion of the poor, of the oppressed, of the humble. And Mary's amazing faith has allowed her to believe that God could use even someone like her. For he is mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. So Mary's response, it's one of joy. It's one of faith. And thirdly, it's one of humility. And here's what Mary gets. What she sings about. What she responds with. Humility. And what she gets is that it's not about her. It's about God. And she understands that all generations calling her blessed isn't about her work in the world. It's about God and his work in the world. Mary's humility, her realistic understanding of herself, it enables her to open herself up to be used by God for his purposes. And when we get that... God will take ordinary people like us and do extraordinary things. Our hearts will respond like Mary's. And in a song of joy and faith and humility, that's what God's love does. And I get to see that all the time in my job here. And I'm not kidding. I could look back on last week and I could give you dozens of of examples of what God's love does through the ordinary people around here. Last Tuesday night, we had our candlelight memorial service, and I saw what, God loved, what God's love does through our musicians, through the prayer team, through the grief team, as they came together to love the people that are grieving. I saw it in the parking lot on Wednesday when a friend stopped and prayed with me just exactly at the moment that I needed it. On Thursday at the hospital, when I was doing calls, I ran into one of our lay care ministers fresh out of training as he was going to visit one of our members who had just undergone surgery. And what about our choir? Wow. God doing extraordinary things. Through ordinary people. And that's what God's love does. It's a love that calls us to respond. Advent is a time of preparation. It's a time of waiting. And I think it's a time of responding. So how are we doing this Advent season? Our song, like Mary's, should be a song of joy, of faith, of humility. A response to the great fulfillment of God's promise in the birth of Jesus. So I say this simple thing to you. Let's slow down. And let's look 
for God's love and what his love does in our lives. You know, last fall I was sitting at the stand, in the stands of my daughter's soccer game and I got a call from my sister. And she was singing her own song of praise to God. And like us, she doesn't know the rest of her story. But for now, her cancer is in remission. And while we are filled with gratitude, her song of joy and faith and humility, it's not just about her circumstances. Her song of response is to a story, to a story of a God who loves us so much that he came into this world as a baby. He came to the world to show us how to live and how to love. He came to the world to save us from our sins. He came to the world so that we may know him and maybe have a glimpse of eternal life. That is something to sing about. We don't know what tomorrow will bring or what the next chapter holds for us, but what we do know is that God will continue to work through us ordinary people to do his extraordinary work. Because that's what God's love does. It calls us to respond. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so grateful that you love us so much that you came to this earth as a baby. And you did come, Lord, to show us how to live and how to love. So I pray, God, that during this Advent season, we can slow our lives down, that we can look for the places where your love is at work, and that we can have our own songs of joy and faith and humility. Amen.